Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. And as it relates, what are the worst contracts in the history of sports? And 
head coach of the University of Montana Grizzlies, Travis DeCure. Hi, boys and girls. How are you? Great to be with you on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having an excellent day. We are certainly happy to be on board with all of you around Western Montana on ESPN Radio and across the state on SWX Montana Television. Howdy. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it very much. If you would like to listen live on your tablets, devices, computers, what have you, you go to the World Wide Web, which is where you go for, well, everything, right? That's right. 1029ESPN.com. That's where you go. You listen live on the stream all the time. The stream is available anytime you would like it. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you'd like to pick up your phone and call, well, that's all right as well. 361-3688, area code 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Let's take a look at what we have in the show today. Uh, It is Bobby Bonilla Day. You may have heard about this in past years. This is funny because this went about a decade. uh, Not quite. It went about about five, six, seven years before anybody really noticed and now in the last couple of years this has really gained some momentum and some notoriety as it should but Bobby Bonilla today receives a check that is just a shade under 1.2 million dollars from the New York Metropolitans and he will every July 1st until 2035 it's a pretty good deal that he's got set up uh rolling out there with oh the better part of uh what is it about, about 30 35 million dollars he's going to collect on what was under six million dollars in owed money at the time of his retirement or being released from the Mets in 2000 so you know it's called interest it's called playing your cards right and it's called not getting caught up in a Ponzi scheme like the Mets did which is such a metaphor for the Mets in so many ways Uh, so we will use that as a jumping off point to get into the worst contracts in the history of sports uh, that Coulter has compiled and uh, and go through those a little bit we also on a Wednesday we're gonna have a wing at Wednesday I got I'm so pumped up I got great questions here some some great trivia questions uh, on uh, you know some some human geography stuff and some sports stuff and some other for you you call us here in about half an hour from now. We'll send you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern for free wings, the best wings in the city of Missoula over at the Desperado, as well as possibly a shirt if you're very good at this. So we'll get into uh, that as well. Top of the hour, very excited to have Travis DeCure, the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. Uh, got a chance to catch up with him via Zoom today. He is back in town after having been in Seattle for uh, reasons which become clear during the course of the conversation, but an exciting time in the life of Travis DeCure and his family and uh, now back at uh, the University of Montana in Missoula and gearing up for what he hopes is uh, summer basketball and uh, the opportunity to start to get his ducks in a row and what he is called what he, what he said is probably his most talented roster top to bottom all 16 13 16 guys whatever uh you got on there uh it's uh it's a it's a high-end group uh and in that is uh playing for this montana grizzly team this season so we'll get into uh, all that stuff with coach to here at the top of the hour another wing it wednesday as well so there you go that is the show outlook coulter how you doing over there we're in uh well it's it's just it's a nice light yellow that's right okay what, were you searching for like something else? Nah, I was going to say mustard, but it's not really. It's not. It's no. just canary yellow. Canary. There we go. That's yep. better. Okay. Yep. yep. Do you know the symbolism of the canary in the mine shaft? No. They always have a canary in underground mines. Okay. Because canaries, they signal um, danger and or their own demise by singing as loud as they can when they know it's about to all end. So if you ever heard the canary singing in the mine shaft, 
you knew that the gas was leaking. It's time so to, to get speak. the heck out of there. Got to go. Yeah, uh, I did not know. So there's that. A, there, there's always the symbol of the canary in the cage in the corner of the mine shaft. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's an excellent piece of knowledge to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coulter, let's talk about some contracts, shall let's, we? Let's do it. Uh, did we mention to tomorrow's our last day before vacation? So You've been aware. pumping it up so much that, I mean, you know I have nothing better to do than work, and in fact, this is the only thing in my life that actually gives me any sort of productive fulfillment is sitting here with you. <laughs> and so, you know, vacations are largely irrelevant for me unless I, you know, I've saved up enough money to play uh, 54 holes of golf per day. But, uh, you know... How's your back? Dude, I stretch so much. Man. My back feels fine. Just twisting all the time like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I play old man game now. You do. You you don't rotate at the hips. You rotate at the everything. Uh-huh. Like it's a full 180 spin. Uh-huh. It's great. It's fluid. Thanks. Uh, Bobby Bonilla today receives $1.2 million from the New York Mets every July 1st, starting in 2011 and running through 2035. That's right, boys and girls, 25 years. $1.2 million on the 1st of July every single year. Uh, This is coming out of his uh, playing days with the Mets. At the end of his tenure with the Mets, the year 2000, they struck a deal where he was set to receive uh, $5.9 million was the payout. They chose not to pay him the lump sum. He negotiated a deferred payment, which started 11 years after the fact. So it was already, he got no money from 2000 to 2011 from the Mets. So it's a long stretch to wait. But he accrued, are you ready? A very tidy 8% interest on that sum each and every year from that point, and it continues to accrue as we go, thus working out to $1.2 million a year. On July the 1st, the $5.9 million was not paid because the Mets had a better investment, which would yield a better return over time than the 8% that they were going to give to Bobby Bonilla. Now, listen, I'm aware that there are investments that can do you very well. I'm aware that there are things that, you know, financiers get involved in and they can make incredible returns on. And even if they're making standard returns, that they can maybe beat an 8%. What I'm saying to you is if you have an investment that's going to give you better than 8%, say better than 10%, you should, you should be just very, very sure of it. The Mets were very sure of it. They invested with Bertie Madoff. And they lost the house like everybody else did on the Ponzi scheme. And guess what? They're still paying this amount of money. Now, $1.2 million is not an unaffordable figure for a professional baseball team. I'm aware of that. Nonetheless, it does make me smile. This is sort of like, this is in a certain way, you know, the we talked about the wildlife beating the humans in the, in the, in the park mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is this is the the owners and the, the people who are supposed to be professionals at this and supposed to be so good at this absolutely losing in every possible way to a baseball player on the finances of this. And it brings me great joy. And I will celebrate this day each and every year, though I will not be seeing uh, $1.2 today. I will share in the joy of, of beating the house, as it were. 
it makes me laugh every year. Every year. When you put it in perspective, this year with all the prorated contracts, I mean, this first popped up on, on my news feed because I follow a guy who covers the New York Giants, or excuse me, the San Francisco Giants, and his tweet was that Bobby Bonilla will get paid today more than everybody but eight players on the San Francisco Giants will get paid this season. Because of the prorated salaries, Bobby Bonilla is going to make more money this year than Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence is an all-star who's still playing. That's right. <laughs> do, do you know who the highest-paid player is this year in in Major League Baseball? Baseball, Derek. Cole. I mean, I mean, but no. I mean, yes, but who will actually receive the most from his baseball team? Prince Fielder. Oh wow, he's getting twenty-four million dollars, not prorated. Right, thank you very right, much. Right. In his post. You know, right. buyout contract, whatever. So shout out to Prince on this. Yeah, it may, it may, as well. I think I think the, the duration of the Bobby Bonilla deal, combined with the fact that Bobby Bonilla was an all star for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the early '90s, but then largely irrelevant and a guy that represented someone that got a big contract and then basically fizzled out. Mm. We're going to get into that dynamics. I do think it's interesting. I think so often when you get paid, the fact that you got paid, the news of it is such a distraction that it can hinder your career. But before we get into some of the worst contracts in pro sports history, and I made a whole list here today, other guys that are continuing to get paid, even though they've already retired. Tim Duncan just collected his last check from the San Antonio Spurs of $1.8 million. Jay Cutler will make $2 million this year and next year from the Chicago Bears. Kevin Garnett will get paid $35 million per season until 2023. He retired in 2016. He gets $35 million a year for seven years. So Kevin Garnett, that means, is the fourth highest paid player in the NBA today. He's getting that from Boston? From New Jersey, from Brooklyn. Oh, right, from that. Yeah, yeah. $35 million a year for seven years. Think of that. That's more than everybody in the league besides LeBron James and Steph Curry. He's retired. Yes, he is. Unbelievable. Kevin Garnett, maybe better at uh, negotiating contracts than anybody in the history of well, basketball. And I mean, also has been documented the Brooklyn Nets, not so much. Well, we're going to get into that, too, because one of the guys on the list is also Brooklyn Net. But, yeah. I mean, Kevin Garnett, by the time it's all said and done, will have made $400 million in salary. Salary. Not just endorsements. Salary. Tony Romo will, get, will collect his last $5 million check after next season. Todd Helton. $1.3 million from 2013 through 2023. So that's Bobby Bonilla-esque. Josh Smith from the Detroit Pistons, formerly of the Atlanta Hawks, most famously of the Atlanta Hawks, but uh, most recently of the Detroit Pistons, $5.3 million a year through the end of this season. Manny Ramirez, $2 million a year until 2026. But the best one, the best one on this whole, uh, another interesting one, th- before we get to the best one, another interesting one is Ichiro Suzuki. Mm. The, the Mariners, this is so, this is so Mariners and so Ichiro. They said they will pay him $25 million at some point along the lines by 2032. <laughs> only the Mariners would say that, and only Ichiro would agree. This, okay. okay, we trust each other. You know, I your your word is good. You can pay me the twenty five mil whenever you get around to it over the next thirteen years. How about that? I mean, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. It's, it's never so funny, right? Is it got to be at one time, or is it they just have to accrue to twenty five million by that time? Just has to be. What? Yeah, yeah, twenty five million. So they could at pay some him two million now. They could pay him a dollar a day until yeah. they figure out how to pay the rest of it. Yeah. Um, 
this is a funny one. Brett Saberhagen, who retired in 2001, his back-end pro-rated contract didn't kick in until 2015, and he will get paid a quarter million dollars every year for 30 years. But the absolute all-time funniest one. Steve Young, after he won the Heisman Trophy at BYU, he was one of the first and certainly with, with the exception of Herschel Walker, the most prominent player that signed with the USFL instead mm. of the NFL. When he signed with the Los Angeles Express of the USFL in 1984, he signed a 43-year, $43 million contract. <laughs> Steve Young. What? Steve Young will make $1 million per year until 2037. No, 2027. 2027. So he's got seven more years of a million dollars a year. 43-year, $43 million contract. Who's paying that? I mean, well, you know, I mean, uh, no, I guess I I can't say that. I was going to say the president of the United States used to be the owner of the Los Angeles Express, but that's actually not true. Donald Trump owned the Washington Generals. Something, some other, yeah. Herschel Walker's team. Okay, yeah. Um, But but, do you think, I mean, if the the whole thing goes kaput, does that not, I mean, I'm interested to know about the present state of affairs. J. William Oldenburg is the person that's ex, uh, expected to pay that contract. Wow. Um, here's the thing. We go through these and everybody gets a chuckle. It is very common for players at the end of their career when their contracts have lasted longer than their skill sets that they end up being released. And in baseball, especially where the contracts are guaranteed that you are due those sums and clubs will negotiate terms with these guys either if they have space to pay them early and get it done or more often to extend it out and stretch it out so that they have space to bring on other guys and they can kind of defer the payments over time pay in total a higher amount but that allows them more quote-unquote cap flexibility and all that uh sort of thing uh this is what football doesn't really have because they, sure. they're not guaranteed contracts as such. And that's why the every single guy that's on this list from football are quarterbacks because the worst contracts are the ones that do have the guaranteed money right. where guys flop. And there, there is guaranteed money, but the contracts themselves are not guaranteed sure. the way they are in baseball. But, but, but also, it's so rare that anybody gets a fat guaranteed contract that's not a quarterback. That's right. Um, but... Uh, it it isn't it isn't uncommon, but what is great, I, I understand sort of the the idea of, you know, one in the hand is worth two in the bush and if you can just start going ahead and, and investing your total sum like the Ichiro thing. Twenty five million dollars is in twenty thirty two is a significantly lower amount of money than it was in twenty fifteen. You know, it be because of uh, inflation and all of that. So I, I get, I get why you want to have your money up front. That said, I am of the persuasion if you can sort it out and maybe get some interest on it as well and increase your payments as well, where you just know, hey, you know what? If I just get past June thirtieth, if I can just stretch it out to June thirtieth, I know on the first of July I got another one point two in there. Let's keep it rolling, Bobby Bonilla. Will receive his last payment, Coulter, I believe is right, when he's 72. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. 
From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. I mean, we referenced the uh, the 30 for 30 broke on here a lot. Yeah. And I don't make I don't mean to be insensitive in, in making light of people's financial uh, failures. But also it is one of the most eye opening and and darkly hilarious pieces of film you will ever watch. Some of the stuff, some of the things oh, that these guys buy. Leather suits. I mean, Abander Holyfield had three bowling alleys in his house. Why? Why? It's amazing to have one. But you need one on the other side of the house? I mean, it's so sad, though, when he's walking around his house after all his kids. I mean, because he had like eight kids, and they all have you know, grown up, and now he's walking around this $35 million mansion in Georgia. I mean, the thing has 60 bedrooms in it. He's just all by himself. Like, he, There's no way you can even go in every room in your house in a given day. It's, it's ridiculous. But I've always found um, some sort of... Uh, I, I just I think that sometimes it is a little bit funny to talk about. So let's get into some of these uh, horrific contracts, okay. and then you can tell me which ones you think are are really bad. The okay. ones that first pop to mind. Uh, once upon a time, people forget this because Russell Wilson has become such a phenomenal player. But the Seattle Seahawks signed Matt Flynn after he was a backup uh, to be their starter, and it yes. wasn't a crazy amount. I mean, three years, twenty four million. But Matt Flynn never did anything in the NFL really after after that. Never played. He he. I believe this is right that he holds, ironically, the uh, r- the Green Bay Packers record for most touchdown passes in a game. It was his last game as a Packer. I believe it was week 17. He threw of like six season. touchdowns, right? Six touchdowns he threw on the last game of the season. And then as a, he was a backup and was only playing because the Packers were already in there arresting Aaron Rodgers. So... Then, but on the strength of of effectively that, I mean, he played a little bit, you know, with some, you know, some backup esque success. Uh, but when he went to Seattle, you went, oh my goodness, like this is going to be the worst, you know, they're they're going to be bad with him there. And he, you know, he obviously did not beat out Russell Wilson. No one knew at the time what Russell Wilson was going to be, you know, or become. Um, but yeah, to get twenty four million dollars and not literally not play, right? Well, okay. And I like to. I think there's three different ways to tier really bad pro sports contracts. There's guys that straight up couldn't handle the pressure, couldn't live up to the hype. There's guys that just got straight up misevaluated, like Matt Flynn. He was never that good. I mean, it, I I put NG next to him. Never good. He's he never was good. Never good. He's never yes. good. That, I mean, that's not on him. Take the money and run, buddy. Throw six touchdowns in one oh, game. Take the money and run. Absolutely. And then there's guys that sign big contracts and then they just get hurt. And that's the one that kills me. And that's the next guy I had listed is Allen Houston. I was, I was actually I was thinking about this the other night when I was a kid. Loved the Utah Jazz. I was I was my old man's team. That's who we loved to watch. But then. I was always rooting against the Bulls. In retrospect, that's so funny because I love greatness and I love Michael Jordan and I right. love the Bulls. But when I was a kid, I just wanted the. Well, I, they were the. They were the the, the evil the, empire. The hurdle you yeah. couldn't get over. Yeah, yeah. And so I always liked the Pacers because I thought the the Davis brothers were awesome. But I really, really loved the New York Knicks. I loved all of them: Oakley, Anthony Mason, Patrick Ewing. But then when Ewing retired. 
that little Knicks team in the late 90s was actually a really fun, cool team when they still had uh, Mark Jackson running the show and they had Allen Houston, Larry Johnson, Latrell Sprewell, and they still had some of those enforcer bad boy guys. But I loved Allen Houston, man. His game was so smooth. Allen Houston was a great player. Great player. Yes. But Allen Houston, and this is one of those ones that's just such a tragic story, right? I mean, he leads the Knicks to the NBA Finals in, in the lockout shortened season in 98-99. They lose to the Spurs. The next two years, he has his best two years of his career. All-star back-to-back years, he averaged 20.4 points and 22.5 points per game. And then he signs a six-year $100 million contract, which was one of the eye-opening. Original $100 yeah. million dollar deals, yeah. And then he blew yeah. out his knee, and he was literally out of the – he played 70 more games his entire career. Mm. And so, I mean, you can't blame the Knicks for that because he was an awesome guy to invest in. He was a great player yeah. and a marketable guy, a guy that had all of his stuff together, and uh, so the injury just killed him. The next couple, though, these guys are ones that are just outrageous. Gilbert Arenas went from second-round draft pick to flirting for the NBA scoring champion yeah. <laughs> championship three years in a row. He's averaged like 28, 29 points per game. He's lighting it up. I mean, if it wasn't for Tracy McGrady, Gilbert Arenas probably would have won three straight scoring titles. I mean, he was right there with Allen Iverson and Tracy McGrady as the most prolific scorers in the league. Adidas hitched their wagon to him. When Kobe Bryant got in all the trouble in, in Colorado – Adidas said, okay, bye-bye, Kobe. We're going straight all in on Gilbert Arenas. That was the dude they were going to – it was Gilbert Arenas and then Dwight Howard. And then in one of the weirdest stories we've ever seen, Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Crittenton get in this long-term card game that they're playing on the bus, they're playing on the plane, and then all of a sudden there's just an explosion in the locker room because these guys can't figure out who owes who money. And Gilbert Arenas – has a gun in his locker, and he pulls it on Javaris Crinton. And it was just all downhill from there. I mean, you talk about karma. I mean, it would just it all went bad for Gilbert Arenas after that. I mean, he never got over the scandal of that. He got his endorsement dropped, and then he blew out his knee. And now somehow, some way, he's still hanging on, toiling in China. But his five-year, $111 million contract is perhaps the greatest albatross contract that's ever been signed in the NBA. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough when it goes that way when you lose your man, your your guy to a card game, uh, among other things. Uh, it's not good. One on here that is an absolute, you know, no brainer. But Jamarcus Russell before there was the rookie contracts, it was he's just, the one that basically broke the bank, right? Well, Even Sam Bradford, him and, uh, Sam Bradford did, and and so did. Uh, um, well, I'll think of it at some point. In any case, six years, $68 million. Uh, Matt Stafford, by the way, that's who I'm thinking of. Sam Bradford, Matt Stafford goes pretty well together, in fact. Uh, but all those guys, six years, $68 million. And as we know, just never. I, he's, a, he's another one that I put as never good. That's a little bit of a lie. He was, he was great. He's very talented. Hugely talented, but... You know, if you're if you're not willing or able to work and not not even and not even like at a minimal level, but just flat out like, no, I'm not you know doing anything. It's not going to go well. And Jamarcus Russell is, you know, he's he's one of the biggest, you know, he's an all time bus. I, I will say that and, and this might sound outrageous, but follow me here. I think Jamarcus Russell changed the NFL more than almost any quarterback that's played in the last 20 to 25 years because of this. I think that the concept of character evaluations and and parsing through a guy's mental makeup, how do you handle adversity? How do you react to uh, 
hard situations? What sort of composure do you have? Where are you from? Who do you hang out with? What's your friends like? What's your family like? That stuff gets a little bit overblown because it's under such a huge microscope now. But for whatever reason, even just 10 or 15 years ago, it wasn't under as big of a microscope. And now following Jamarcus Russell, I mean, he had number one overall pick talent. I mean, there's the story of him throwing the ball through the goalpost from the 50-yard line from his knees. He could throw end zone line to end zone line, 100 yards in the air. Huge. But he also had very limited college experience. I believe he was only a starter for a season and maybe a season and a half at LSU. He got by because he had such a whip, but he never really was able to read defenses or absorb, you know, mm. pick up offensive schemes. And I think teams realize now you want the guy that gets the 45 on the Wonderlick test more than the guy who can throw the ball 100 yards because arm strength is way down the list in terms of what it takes to be an effective NFL quarterback. But also, I mean, if you follow Jamarcus Russell's personal life, when he got paid like that, I mean, he's from, uh, you know, a low-income area. He has a bunch of buddies that were all hanging on. But, like, the stories of him, you know, at the barbershop and the way that he was exploited and the way he let himself get exploited, the way he wanted to be exploited, the what he was spending his money on, it's sad, man. It's a tragic tale, honestly, because the kid, you know, he was put on this pedestal. He was not able to live up to the hype, and then it all just eroded from underneath him. And then, you know, he had all the substance abuse problems. It got to the point where he was, like, addicted to codeine cough syrup. I mean, what a what a strange tale. But I think that he changed the league so much, though, because I think that made everybody else in the league not want to repeat that mistake. Yeah. And, you know, so then that gets to the comes down to the next guy, right? Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is the absolute definition of having the strongest arm in the league means nothing. Yeah, well, that's that is for sure. I mean, it, I mean, Jay Cutler has a, a a prodigious arm, like one of the greatest arms that we've ever seen. No question. And he never cared for one second. Th- that's it. I mean, the the it's not even about the Wonderlick test. It's about already right. what is your level of interest and and the quote unquote love of the game. Like, I mean, talk about a testament to your talent, though, right? I mean, to be as apathetic of a person as Jay Cutler is, and you know, people could say he underachieved. I would argue he underachieved, but also overachieved. Mm-hmm. He never cared for a second. Was still a starter in the league for more than a decade. And got paid seven years, one hundred twenty six million dollars. He's still getting paid today. Josh Hamilton. Five years, $125 million, was on the top of the world with the Rangers for about two and a half years. Man. And uh, what a wild story, right? Wild. And it's ongoing, uh, sadly ongoing. I mean, number one overall pick. Mm -hmm. Can't escape the demons. Does escape the demons. Becomes the best player in baseball for a minute. Yeah. And then the pressure can't handle it and goes back to his vices and it, it, it continues to roll. A couple other guys I had listed on here Albert Hainsworth. Which I, I the next two guys to me are the two biggest pure and utter busts. Albert Hainsworth, he got paid and he never played again. He he never played hard again. He just got fat and happy. That's basically exactly what Albert Hainsworth did. And then Nicholas Batum, I think Nicholas Batum is the uh, Nicholas Batum with the, the Bobcats. I think is the definition of a misevaluation. The guy was never an All Star, not for one second, and he got paid five years, one hundred twenty five million dollars, and he's been just fine. But that's what he was, was just fine. And when you pay a guy like that, they have to be an all-star, and he never was going to be that. Nicholas Batum, when he was in Portland, had a season or even a half a season where he played at a very high level. And and I think what teams 
I mean, obviously what teams want to do is they want to find a guy who's on his way up, right, where they think that the ceiling of a particular player or the, the you know is 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 very high and that you've seen enough to know that he can do it but also have expectations that there's a lot more potential to be met and, and this so, and he was also on the forefront of the 3 and D guy right where I mean Bruce Bowen kind of created that yeah. Nicholas Batum I mean he's this 6 foot 8 super smooth guy who could play face in the basket and you shoot the corner three's great defender but ultimately, what you saw was a high watermark that was achieved for some reason, whether it was the, the group that he was playing with, whether it was the system that he was in, maybe something was just working for him, but was never, like there was never more to be known about Nicholas Batum. Like he, he, he got to the top level that he was going to be at for a short period of time and then went back to being, from an NBA perspective, just okay and then, you know, and then out. And just irrelevant. And just irrelevant, yeah. I mean, imagine if he would have stayed in Portland. Imagine right. Nick, Imagine if they could have kept LaMarcus Aldridge as well. Imagine that core. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nicholas Batum. That's a championship contender. Yeah. I mean, you give me that, I'd prefer what they got right now. Yeah, the thing about if you have Batum, Aldridge aside, because I agree, actually. I really like their high-motor front core. I think those guys fit Lillard and McCollum perfectly. They do. Lillard and McCollum, neither one of them are very good defenders. If you have Batum, then you have a guy that can lock guys down on the perimeter. Yeah, they, too. they do need help defense. It's not even that they're not good defenders; they're just overmatched, right? I mean, exactly. They're they're good defenders for what they are, but it's tough when you're six one. Last one I want to talk about. This one was actually with the game of the segment idea. Darren Williams, he had his uh, contract delayed after he retired as well, mm. and he got paid his last installment of uh, five point, I think, three million dollars yesterday. Okay. How about that one time when the Knicks, I mean, Mikhail Brokeroff, the bought the new, or the, not the Knicks, the Nets, bought yeah. the Nets and then says, luxury tax be damned, I am going to pay Kevin Garnett $150 million, Darren Williams $100 million, Joe Johnson $100 million, all that to win 35 games, and then I have all three of them basically say, this is toxic, I'm out, and just straight walk away from the game. Tell me this, can you think of anybody, has, has, uh, can you think of anybody that fell from grace as hard as Darren Williams. Man. Without per, without injuries or personal issues, right? I mean, there's been guys like Derrick Rose. I mean, he was MVP to then, you know, a largely irrelevant role player because of injuries, right? There's been guys like Josh Hamilton who struggle with addiction, Josh Gordon. But I mean, Darren Williams was straight up 20 and 10. There, it was coming out of the 2008 Olympics. It was a real conversation. Who's better, Darren Williams or Chris Paul? The thing that that I will remember about Darren Williams is he straight retired, and not happily, I might add, Jerry Sloan. I mean, he was right. in Utah. Jerry Sloan, who was the longest tenured coach in the NBA, more than more than Pop, more than Phil, more than all of them, been there this whole time, and like mid season, just goes, "Well, I'm good," and it was it was evidently. Tied directly to his relationship or lack thereof with Darren Williams, and I don't know all the behind the scenes, but to have a guy like that who's who's has the respect and the credentials and the history of Jerry Sloan just walk away and never come back. He never walked back. out the door and that was it. Jerry Sloan retired, done with basketball. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jerry Sloan. I mean, my goodness, that's unbelievable. I never I, I am not familiar with another situation like that ever. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, sort of 
monikers for statistical accomplishments that get thrown around in the NBA that are maybe a little bit overused. One of the biggest, most overused one is that guy's a 20-10 and 10 point guard. In reality, I believe that Magic Johnson, Tiny Archibald, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, and Darren Williams are the only five point guards in NBA history to average 20 points and 10 assists in the same season multiple years in a row. Mm. Think of that company that Darren Williams is in. It's crazy. He's in the same conversation well, as Chris Paul and, and Isaiah Thomas. And the thing that's crazy is when he was doing this in Utah with Jerry Sloan, he was great. great. He was an unbelievable player. Unbelievable. And so for, for that to happen, while well, he's dominating on the court to have to, sh- to, to push a Hall of Fame coach right out the door who is beloved. I mean, who's more who, who's more synonymous with the Utah Jazz right. and Jerry Sloan? I mean, you know, Malone Stockton probably, but that's about it. That's it. I mean, that that is bizarre. And I, I don't know the specifics of that still. I mean, that feels like a 30 for 30 all day right there to me. I mean, I don't know what in the world's going on. Uh, I mean, I think it's the greatest example of you signed his contract and just – didn't didn't was unmotivated from that moment on. It's two telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. It's time to hook you people up. The day that Barry, uh, Bobby Bonilla gets $1.2 million, we're going to give you 12, that's a dozen, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern, the greatest wings in the city of Missoula. Give us a call right now, 361-3688, 361-3688. You call us up. We will give you some trivia questions. You answer those trivia questions. You're going to go get your hands dipped in sauce, and it's going to be a very lovely experience for all involved. Okay, we'll do that right after this. 361-3688 right now. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top of mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a thousand of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Welcome back to Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. All over your Twitter sphere, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT, all of these things available so you can follow us all around the world. That's where we go. Uh, let's do a little wing it Wednesday, shall we? We bring in our friend Mike to the show. Uh, Mike, how you doing out there, my friend? How are you? 
I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well, Mike. We appreciate you uh, giving us a shout here. Where are you at? Are you are you got big plans for the weekend? It's the Fourth of July, you know. Uh, I'm out in Bonner right now, gearing up to head over to Cook City and Red Lodge for the weekend. Okay, and maybe round up a little time in Billings. Man, that's the way to do it right there. Get out, see the whole state, you know what I mean? Well, at least, you know, a good portion of the state, what you can do in a couple of days. So excellent work by you there. Uh, You are uh, east of Missoula, heading east. That is a beautiful way to go. Uh, We're excited for you. Let us know how Cook City is. I hear there's a couple of good places to eat around Cook City. That's what I've heard. Uh, Mike, here's... I heard... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I heard Cook City was a great time, and July is about, you know, one of the only months you can get up there. Exactly, uh, right. If you don't have a snowmobile, right, you got to go in there hiking somehow in Cook City. (laughs) If you're in the winter, if you're not paying attention, you're going to be in bad shape. I wonder how many people think they're going to visit a place that aren't from, you know, the north, as it were, and they're like, well, what do you mean the highway is closed? Today? No, no, no. Since <laughs> since October and until May, the highway is closed. Until like, Memorial. Exactly. That's what it is. You know, that's what you got to do. All right. Here's the deal, uh, Mike. We got three questions for you. If you answer two of them, you got yourself a basket of wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. If you get all three, you got to get yourself a shirt to go along with it. If you need any help on these, Coulter is your lifeline. Does that sound all right? That sounds great. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. Okay, this is covering a wide variety of things, Mike. Okay, so here we go. Uh, we had a uh, a slight revision right at the end of the show yesterday. Uh, I was using the word buffalo. I was told by a listener that no, 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 it is bison. Uh, the North American species which is often referred to casually as buffalo is in fact technically bison can you tell me though the difference between a buffalo and a bison and i will tell you that as a matter of uh you know technical fact there is no such thing as a buffalo in north america uh isn't a bison a cross between what was the american buffalo and cattle so I think the bison is just the American buffalo, but there are buffaloes that are not American bison that are elsewhere in the world. You know what I'm referring to here? Like water buffaloes? Boom. Wildebeests. Water buffaloes, which evidently there's water buffaloes in South Asia and then in Southern Africa, though they, I think, are casually referred to as water buffalo, are Cape buffalo. Hmm. Uh, notably, the particular difference, uh, as it was told to me, the bison are the hipsters of the group with the big beards. <laughs> the water buffalo and such have no facial hair of the sort to go along with the uh, American bison. So excellent work. Water buffalo it is. Here we go. Next question. Question number two. Mike, as of 2016, how many... And this is multiple choice, okay? Multiple choice. How many cities on earth had a population of more than 1 million people, okay? A, 219 cities, B, 385 cities, or C, 512 cities. Oh, man. Uh, let's let's call on a lifeline on that, Coulter. You got any idea? 
Well, I'm going to say it's not A because I remember uh, reading an article when the Olympics were going to be in China and there was, uh, I, I believe the statistic was there was more than 100 cities in China with more than 100 or with more than 1 million people. So I think that A is off the table. Now it's just now it's between B and C. Three hundred eighty-five or five hundred twelve. See, three eighty-five sounds pretty good. Five twelve sounds like too many. I believe in America there's something like um, fifteen or sixteen with actual city populations of more than a million, and around thirty cities with metropolitan areas of more than a million. So are you going for actual in the city population guess or metropolitan area? You know, I cuz like a city like Portland, Oregon for example, does not have a metro or does not have a city population of a million but certainly has a metro population of a couple million. Here's what I'm going to say. It's a difficult thing to ask because when we put it at a global scale, the idea of city limits and metropolitan area is right. not universal. So I would say that w- what is generally accepted as the city on a on a looser uh, translation than the the geographical boundary as okay. it may be in a particular place. So I, I think we should go with the big one because I believe that there's uh, what's the how many countries are there on Earth? Gus three seventeen. No, one hundred ninety seven. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, still. So let's say that there was. We know that there's close to, or if not more than a hundred million person cities in China, and we know that there's thirty something in. America, and then there's places like India that have huge population centers. Russia, right? So I, I think that I, I, I think the big one. I think the 500 something is is the one I would go with. Mike, you guys have done a lot let's of talking the, on this. What do you think? What do you want to go with here? Let Let's go with the big guy then. Let's Let's see the 500 something. You talked it out, and you talked it out well. 512 Good. cities right. of a million Way or to go, more Cole. on Earth. By the way, just as a free addition to that, uh, 31 megacities, megacities defined as 10 million or better. 31, 31 megacities Yikes. on Earth. Uh, f- That's gross. Six of That's those are in China. Six Five of them. of them are in India. So 11 of the 31 between oh, those two man. countries. Uh New York is the only one in the top twenty at in eighteen million. We got a we got about a million people in the Greater Montana metropolitan area. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wide open spaces, baby. So this is what I'm talking about. I I get so much anxiety thinking about that. Like I I can't handle Spokane, and Spokane oh. has like a quarter million people. So if you put me in. What what's what city has the largest population on yeah, Earth? Right Tokyo now? right now, thirty eight point seven oh. million people oh. in Tokyo. Oh, I would spontaneously no. combust. They won't even know the Olympics aren't there. <laughs> it's, it's just like it's happening all the time in Tokyo. Uh, okay, so very hey, congratulations, Mike. You got your wings when you come back from your Cook City Billings run. You come in here, we'll get you set up with the uh, wings to the Desperado. Last question. You're on your own on this one. We did cover this, though, in the show, so if you've been listening on the road, whatever. In 2000, the Mets agreed to buy out the remaining contract of what player uh, who uh, finished in 2000 and is going to be paid $1.2 million every July 1st till 2035? 
this this is one of my favorite stories in the game. Bobby Bonilla is collecting that money until 2035. Bobby Bonilla, and just for the kids at home, it's not tortilla, it's tortilla. That's how you do the double L. Absolutely right. Three for three. Mike, congratulations. Enjoy your trip. Drive safely and uh, give your information to Reese in the back. We'll send you out all of your winnings, a shirt and a doggone set of wings over there to the Desperado, okay? Awesome. Thanks, guys. Hey, have a happy 4th. You too. I mean, that's a good way to get your 4th of July started. He's already on his way on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Getting a little early start on this thing, uh, which is uh, which is good. Mike wins some wings. We'll do another round, by the way, of Wing It Wednesday to the Desperado in the next hour. Speaking of Bobby Bonilla and the New York Mets, I'm drinking out of this uh, Beatles cup, which I'm certain must belong to the one and only Tommy The Evans. great and mighty Tommy, yes. Uh but the all-star show that it has on there, if you can see it on the TV there, live from Shea Stadium. Shea? Okay. Old Shea Stadium, man. Rock and roll in that place. Also, did you see the Cooper Cup pictures from today? I have not. Cooper Cup from recent Washington Eagle. Yes. Uh, probably the player that torched Montana more than any player. In, well, I mean, let's be real. Cooper Cup torched everybody. I was just going to say, he, the, the player that torched the team he played more than any other player <laughs> that played that team. That's how you know it was Cooper I, Cup. I, 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 this is actually an awesome uh, stat. I, I covered Cooper Cup live. Uh, the first time I ever saw him, I knew that he was, he was transcendent. I knew that he was spectacular and special. And so uh, I, I wrote a long feature on it when he was a freshman uh, because I, was, I had been close with Junior Adams, former Montana State Bobcat, who was the Eastern wide receivers coach at the time. And so Eastern Washington obviously played Montana, Montana State every year during that time. But also they were the, the team going always in the playoffs, and the Cats and the Grizz have been in and out of the playoffs during, that, during his career. Mm-hmm. So I went to Cheney and covered him. So I covered Cup live 13 times in his career. Mm-hmm. He never had less than 10 catches, never had less than 180 yards, and never caught less than two touchdowns when I saw him. The best ticket money could buy. That's pretty good. I mean, unbelievable, dude. I mean, and, and I, I got to watch him. I mean, I watched him against Northern Colorado 20 for 285 and three. I mean, <laughs> get out of here. That's like the Bobcats' whole season last year. <laughs> Anyways, today Cooper Cup tweeted a picture of him and Paul George working out. Okay. And it says, if that whole basketball career doesn't work out, you can try football. Just hit me up. I got your back. (laughs) Down in Los Angeles doing a thing. By the way, you know what I did see on on the Twitter today? So, you know, they're building that that SoFi Stadium, which is a mm-hmm. city unto itself in Los Angeles where the Rams and the, right. and, and the Chargers are going to play. Um, they hoisted into place the video board for that, the digital video board. Wow. Would you like to take a shot at the size of that thing? Is it bigger than Jerry World? Oh, significantly. No way. Yes. Yikes. 70,000 square feet. 70,000 square feet. That's that's a TV, folks, right there. So it's it's like the what, what they got going in 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 the Mercedes-Benz dome in Atlanta because it's a it's a round. It's actually an oval. So you can't get bigger than Jerry World, but they didn't think outside the box. They just put up screens like flat screens that you look at. This as it is uh, in Atlanta as well is is you know it's a circle or an oval, and this thing is basically a loop around the entire football field hoisted up to the rafters. It is gigantic. I think, what do they say, like 1.2 million pounds? 
maybe one was it one point two million tons. I don't know. It's 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 yeah. It's got to be more than one point two million pounds. That's not actually even that much. I suppose a huge amount. Anyway, uh, there you go. It's two telling one is one of two nine ESPN Radio. Boys and girls, Kurtz Polaris is at twenty nine oh four West Broadway in Missoula Highway eighty three in Sealy. The weather is warm. It's Fourth of July weekend. Time to get your dirt biking, off-roading, and on-legging activities to a maximum with Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, tops in the industry, brand new. They're brand new for the season, 2021s, at Kurtz Polaris. They also have all the great Polaris side-by-sides, as always, including the hard-working Ranger, the Fun Fast Razor. Maybe if you really want to load up, go big with it, get the general going, and you got to get on the lake, man. There's nothing better than being in a boat on the lake, and especially a pontoon boat. You could do the leisure thing. You can do the ski thing. Whatever you want to do, the pontoon boats do it all now. Crest pontoon boats, they are at Kurtz Polaris. Summer, the way you always envisioned with Kurtz, online at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. It's good to be with all of you. Uh, Colton, we just have a couple minutes left here in this hour, but wanted to touch on a story, which is a very sad story, uh, uh, but one that is certainly noteworthy in the state of Montana. But Dane Frazier, outstanding basketball player out of St. LeBray, uh, passed away at a very young age, uh, the victim of a stabbing uh, in, was it two two days ago, three days ago? That yeah, just over the place. weekend, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and anybody who knew who Dane Frazier was yep. as a player says, my goodness, if you watched this kid play basketball, you had seen something else. Yeah, the, uh, the legend of Native American basketball players in Montana is it's such a striking one but also such uh, a, a hard one to deal with and a hard one to compartmentalize sometimes uh the article that the, the the greatest sports article ever written in my opinion it's called shadows of a nation it's by gary smith <clears throat> excuse me and it uh, it appeared in the the iconic 1991 sports illustrated that had the dream team on the cover uh, patrick ewing larry bird magic johnson and michael jordan the famous photo that said we're going to take on the world but it's a long-form feature all about Native American players on the reservation and the way that um, Native American culture and the art of becoming a man had gravitated away from counting coup or you know stealing the rival tribe's horse to performing in the sports arena, specifically on the basketball court. And the, the story chronicles many of the great players that have come through Montana, guys like Elvis Old Bull and Larry Pretty Weasel and... Uh, the main character in the story is Jonathan Takes Enemy. And I think Jonathan Takes Enemy is the best parallel to Dane Frazier. But guys that rise up and represent their people 
are oftentimes uh, deified and made into heroes. And so often they have such a hard time making it beyond the place that they come from. But that doesn't demean the accomplishments. And in the eastern part of the state, we're, we're, we don't get as much exposure to it here, but in the eastern part of the state in Montana, uh, invitational basketball tournaments and Indian basketball tournaments featuring guys from all over the, that whole portion of the state are such a big deal. They're huge community events. And we've seen you know blacktop legends, guys like J.R. Camel from this neck of the woods, but so many other guys that have been such awesome players. But I think that the guy who was the torchbearer in that realm for, for young people, for young Native people, is is Dane Frazier. And he's, he was 34 years old when he passed away. He's, he's only a grade older than I was. But Dane, when he broke out at St. LeBray, I believe he's the last Montana player to average 35-plus points per game in a season. He averaged 35 a game for two years in a row. Uh, he went on to play at Bismarck Junior College. He's a two-time All-American. Uh, his last year at Bismarck, he averaged 27.6 points per game. Mm. If you ever watched him play, and I only got a chance to, to see Dane play a couple times, but it was must-see, especially when you're talking about non-structure of college basketball, but rather just in open-run settings in tournaments like the Estes Tournament or Dog Fest. Yeah. I mean, I'd pay more money to watch that than any Big Sky Conference game. Yeah. I mean, the, it was guaranteed the dude's going to get 40, and he might get 60. So a really tragic deal, and I think that will have ramifications all around the state, but specifically on the eastern part of the state, because you know, I first came across this uh, from Carlos Taylor, former All Big Sky uh, point guard for the, for um, Montana State. He was the first one that said, "Man, I just got the news about Dane Frazier." Mm. But I started going through Twitter. I mean, every dude of any sort of basketball prestige, whether they played for the Cats or the Grizz or in the Frontier Conference or have played in these tournaments around the state, every single one was like, "Man, I can't believe that Dane is gone. He's a legend, man." And that you know, sometimes it's not the dudes who get All American that are the ones that are the most revered, the ones, you know, in, in the basketball community, dudes who are straight up first team, all big sky players, were like, man, that is the dude that I wanted to watch. That was the dude that I wanted to play against. So it's a terrible story that he um, passed away so young, but I, worth remembering because I think that we've seen these legendary guys, guys that are, are they're the things that the, the, their people tell stories about. And Dane Frazier was the last one that I can remember. Famous left hand is kind of carrying the torch now, and I really hope that famous left hand can go and have a productive college career because so often these guys they flame out too soon when it comes to the traditional sense of it. But you can't say that it was a flame out when you're like Dane Frazier was right. because he continued winning and performing for his people all the time. And so sad, sad news, but definitely certainly worth remembering a guy like Dane Fisher because he was uh, absolutely an outstanding player and, and uh, a guy that will be remembered around the state. Well, our, our, our thoughts are certainly with uh, with uh, Dane Frazier's family and the community of St. LeBray from when, from uh, where he came. And uh, we uh, you know think of him and reflect on him here uh, this afternoon. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We take a break. On the other side, our number two, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the University of Montana men's basketball team. Our conversation with him coming right up. You do not want to miss this one next. 
Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 